with incredibly, I mean, we all circled this date on the calendar back when the NHL schedule was released and the Marc-Andre Fleury expansion draft loss occurred. But could you ever have dreamed that the Penguins would go into this game with a worse record than the Vegas Golden Knights? The Penguins, of course, are 16-13-3. Vegas, which is playing tonight at home against Carolina, is currently 19-9-1. The story of the National Hockey League, especially considering Fleury really hasn't played much for them. He's going to be coming back from an injury as early as tonight, but almost surely in time for the game Thursday against his old friends. I didn't even mention the Pirates. I, I mean, they're down in Disney World trying to pretty much give the franchise away. We'll be getting into that later in the show as well. Lance Lysowski from our website will be joining us on the phone from Orlando at 4.30. Stan Saverin will make his regular appearance here on this show. And at 3.30... Just a few minutes from now, Matt Geitgar, Penguins beat writer at DKPittsburghSports.com, will stop in in studio to talk more hockey. But I'm going to talk hockey with you first. 412-333-9939. What is wrong with this team? And when do you get to the point where you say, you know what, maybe it isn't just that they're dragging. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's something that's a little bit more significant than just eh, these games don't mean that much or they're a little bit tired. We don't have the the schedule to kick around anymore. This was a five-game homestand, and it was an egg. That performance last night against the Avalanche, uh, two-to-one loss, of course, looked a lot like the games that I was covering out in Western Canada when the Penguins were dead tired. Are they lacking the depth? Are they lacking the speed? That's kind of a taboo subject in there. They don't like to hear that they might not be as fast as somebody. They've taken a lot of pride in their speed. But then when you see them against the Maple Leafs, first of all, who are really fast, really young, Avalanche come in, and Nathan McKinnon was able to just pretty much skate wherever he wanted last night, and he wasn't alone on a you know, talented, if not necessarily deep and complete Colorado team. What do you do about that? What do you do about that if you're Jim Rutherford? Do you just sit and wait? Do you say, eh, we're just going to kind of try to get from here to closer to the trading deadline so that he can get a better piece because of the prorated salary aspect and the salary cap? Or do you say, you know what, this team could kind of use a swift kick right now because this, if you remember, last year was when the Penguins really started to kind of get it in gear. This was when they began at least making you think that a second consecutive cup was possible. There's really not anything of the kind with this team. They'll look okay for a night and then they'll fall back. They'll look okay for a couple games. And then you'll wonder, well, yeah, but it was just Buffalo, you know? Right now, as we speak, the Penguins have the 
15th, that's 1-5, best record in the National Hockey League, even though they've played more games than most teams. So technically, if you get by points per game, they're a little bit lower than that. They're a minus 10 in goal differential, which people will tell you is a great uh, predictor, if you will, of how a team's going to do, how they really are. And that's not a good goal differential. So what are they? They haven't exactly been crushed by injuries. They've had a couple. But their main guys have been there all along, the guys that you worry the most about losing, other than Matt Murray being gone for a couple of weeks. But Tristan Jerry covered himself pretty well. So what's wrong? What do you do? 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Jim Rutherford is a patient man. But he also knows what he wants, and he gets frustrated when he doesn't get it. It's a strange dichotomy between those two aspects of his work as a general manager. What I have heard from inside the Penguins is that they wouldn't mind making a move right now, even the big one, meaning the third-line center. They wouldn't mind doing that. But they're exasperated at the nature of the market right now. They don't feel that there's anybody available. They don't feel that the names that come their way are necessarily fits. And then there's maybe the possibility that they're looking for somebody who isn't yet available because, remember, this time of year, everybody thinks they're in it. Okay, not Phoenix, not the Flyers. Actually, the Flyers probably still think they're in it. But they feel like they're better off waiting to see if the right guy comes along at a price that they can put under the cap. What do you think is the problem? Let's go to Stan in the car. Is that you, Stan? Yeah. You're on 105.9 The X. How you doing? All right, man. Um, I, I just want to comment on Chris Letang. I mean, what are we, 25 games in now? And um, uh, I, I don't know how much longer we're going to have to wait until we drop him down. Drop him I down mean, to drop him down to what, Stan? Third pairing. Third pairing? Yep. And what would that do? <laughs> it's got to do better than what he's doing now. I mean, the That's turnovers just so, continue. So you're I looking mean, at it from a third pairing as a punitive thing? Yeah, exactly. You want to punish Chris Letang? I it's been twenty five games. I mean, but that's what I'm being... asking you the question. It's a, you want to punish Chris Letang? Yeah. Okay. I, again, what does that serve? Do, do you think that he needs to be motivated? Do you think it's I lack don't know of what motivation? His problem is, but I mean, how much more longer are we going to continue to just watch the the, the games being lost? I mean, he's single handedly lost. Oh, you th this year. you think that these are being single handedly lost? Some games, yeah. yeah I, I, you know what? We'd love to find scapegoats. I'm guilty of it myself, Stan, so I'm not going to pick on you here. Uh, Chris Letang has not been at his best. Uh, he had a little bit of a stretch there where it looked like he was coming around. But the plus of waiting out a Letang slump, how many times have we seen that in his time in Pittsburgh? 
I don't know. This year is different. I, I'm not, I asked. No, I answered your question. Answer mine. How long? How many times have we seen the pluses, the merits of waiting out a Latang slump? Maybe a couple, but maybe a couple over the course of his career in Pittsburgh. You're going to give him maybe a couple. I mean, I get that you're mad, but it's okay to be a little bit flexible in the discussion here. Chris Letang, at times, has been one of the top three defensemen in the league. And that may have been the case, but as far as in the future, I, I can't see you that. You can't I mean, see Letang ever turning around. You've you've seen 20 games you don't like, and you are just done with him. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. That's why I'm saying third wow. pair. Not... Did you go to the parade stand? Did you go? Either one of them? I hope. Believe me. I mean, something's got to change. I mean, did you see the game in San Jose? The game six. I, I'm not. I'm not being dumb here. I I see that Latang is struggling. I just hate these these positions that that sometimes people take where everything it just has to be absolute. You know, I don't like him right now. Therefore, he stinks. Therefore, demote him, punish him, get rid of him. He'll never be good again. Well, I'm not saying bench him. I'm saying drop him down to the third pair. On a punitive basis. <laughs> That's why I'm saying third pairing oh and not bench. <laughs> Stan, give me let, here. Let's try one more thing here. Tell me one other thing that you don't like about the Penguins' play. Honestly, I mean they're not scoring goals. The goaltending has been good, and like you said, there haven't been a lot of injuries. And you know, maybe it's you know Kuna, it's Benino, whatever. Maybe that's part of it. Daily. Yeah, I, I mean, I got to blame Latang because out of everybody, I think he's the worst. I appreciate the call. Latang hasn't been good. I'm not being a Pollyanna here. But we have seen, not twice, as Stan said, we have seen time and again that Latang will struggle. But then once he gets out of it, he becomes one of the handful of best defensemen in the National Hockey League. You don't always play for today or tonight. You're playing for the course of 82 games plus playoffs. The Penguins were able to win a Stanley Cup once without Chris Letang. That won't happen again. Not this season. Think of it that way. They were able to get away with it. They really were. And to their inestimable credit... Not just Justin Schultz. I think he gets actually a little bit too much credit in that regard. It was everybody on that defense corps who stepped up at least a little bit, extra ice time, extra special teams, to make something happen while Latang was lost. It won't happen again. You need the very best version of Chris Latang to win another cup. So if you have to wait out, what? You know, what What are these games? I, I get they're not in a great playoff position. I get that they're not giving off a great vibe. But does that really matter more than having, having an ace defenseman? My goodness. Tom in Saxonburg, you're on 105.9 The X. Wow, that was fast. Um, thanks for taking my call. What's going uh, on, Tom? Uh, I think Latang is... Still one of the top three defensemen in the league. Well, not th- not at this through. moment. Not at this moment. Obviously, no, no. But I mean, doesn't he's close to leading the league in assists? Isn't he? Like he, third? he is. He's third. 
Oh, well, that's terrible, huh? You know what? When people pick a scapegoat, <laughs> that's who they shake their fist at through the whole game, whether it's in person or on TV. That's just how it is. And you know what? Every team's got these. Every team, including a two-time defending champion, you got your scapegoats. Well, I mean, it's like I hate to see them get rid of Hagelin because he's so invaluable in the playoffs. But why isn't any blame going? I mean, shoot the darn puck. He like is past happy. I don't know. Like he's afraid to shoot the puck, or they're telling him, you know, we need you to do this. You're talking about Hagelin now, not Latang, right? Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm saying, I'm saying, you know, why isn't some of the blame put on the forward? Well, the, you know? I think there's been plenty of blame put on the third and fourth line, from what I've gathered. I know I've written that. Um, every 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 line, but I, but I, yeah, line. see, that's that to me. Every line is the key here, okay? Because if and you're gonna want the other scapegoating that ends up happening, and I, I refer to this a lot in baseball as the 25th man guy. Where whoever's the last guy on the bench, he is just the villain. That guy, if you got him out of here and sent him back to Indianapolis, the Pirates called up somebody good, everything would be awesome. The the Penguins' problems five-on-five five are exacerbated by the third and fourth line not scoring, but ultimately, who has to score five-on-five? And I'm not picking on them either. It's just this really is a universal thing. When you watched that game last night against the Avalanche, you didn't see one guy struggling. You didn't see one guy look flat five on five. You didn't see one guy failing to shoot or to finish. You saw a whole team doing that. And that's my question here. We have a bunch of calls lined up on this topic, and I'm going to have to take a break. Please, Jamie, John, and Jason, all three of you, stay on the line, 412-333-9939. If you want to join in, I will get you on. Filling in for Mark Madden, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, and you're listening to 105.9 The X. This is Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Can't do better than to have a Tanger lead in here for this one. That's a nice touch there by our producer, Bob McLaughlin. I'm Dayan Kovacevic sitting in for Mark Madden today. Mark will be back on the show later this week from Vegas, where he is on business because the Penguins and Golden Knights will be playing out there on Thursday night. Presumably, Matt Murray against Marc-Andre Fleury. If you are a subscriber to DKPittsburghSports.com, by all means, announce yourself so that Bob can ring the happy little bell. Also, we're offering gift subscriptions on the site. Seriously, Christmas gift subscriptions, like the ultimate thing to give to the Pittsburgh sports fan in your life. Go check out the website for that. We are blaming Chris Letang. That's pretty much what, what what's coming down to so far on the show. The, the Penguins being flat and the Penguins not being the Penguins. We're pretty much laying that on 58, unless somebody's got a more clever concept than that or something that's maybe a little bit more rational than looking at one guy who you basically need to play. You need to have work out his problems because you need him when you get to the playoffs. John in Greensboro, you're on 105.9 The X. Hey, good afternoon. Hi, John. I think that um, my take on it is the fourth line. I think that... Um, their minutes were so low, and also the uh, Ryan Reeves pickup. I think that was a huge mistake by um, 
KD. Um, the guy can't handle the puck. Uh, fighting is almost obsolete in the NHL. Um, their minutes are pretty much down to maybe one or two minutes in the third period. How much do you want your fourth? Words, how much do you want your fourth line to play a game, John? Well, if I, my, my thoughts are if you had a speed guy from maybe the minor leagues to get in there to shake things up. Mm-hmm. I think the speed is what covered our defense the last two years. Uh, we have basically the same defense. Okay, but you've so, said that the fourth line is the problem. How much do you want to see the fourth line play five on five? Well, I'd like to see them more, play more than uh, when Colin was with us. If they played more than one shift in the third period whenever we're behind. Well, so we Col- yeah, more. I mean, Colin was your defensive center. I mean, you're not replacing Matt Colin just on a whim. Who, by the way, was a healthy scratch the other night in Minnesota. Was he? Yeah. Well, maybe we can get him back. That's only the first thought that crossed absolutely everybody's mind when that yeah, happened. When you think about it, Ryan Reeves, yeah, he can... Uh, yeah, the, but again, you're, you're, you're scapegoating the... The guy at the end of the bench in baseball. That's what you're doing right now, John. You're, you're saying Ryan Reeves this and that. Ryan Reeves, one way or the other, isn't going to affect their 5-on-5 five five scoring. The fourth line isn't. The 5-on-5 five five scoring is the issue. Well, the fourth line can give you energy. If they can hold they the don't, but, that's, but that's not scoring. You're, well, there's that's nobody. Why these guys are fourth liners. Nobody, nobody, nobody gets scoring from their fourth lines in the National Hockey League. The Islanders have, you know, they love to build that group that they have as the best fourth line in hockey. Those guys don't score much. So well, the, the, well, looking at the fourth line to me is just convenient because it's easier to criticize those guys and the fighter than it is to say, you know what, Sid and Gino really ought to be the two best players on this team, not Phil Kessel. Nah, they're playing. They're playing Sid and Gino too much. It's, but there's, but they're not though. Lines. You just said that, but their ice time doesn't show that. I'm, I'm getting frustrated. J- Jason in the car. You're on 105.9 The X. Hey, Dejon. Uh, subscribe for the first time over the summer. Thank you, Jason. We love having you. All right, hey, Dejon. I do not get why everybody is freaking out. I mean, we're talking about. What has to change with the Penguins? Well, what if the answer is maybe we just don't change anything right what, now? What do you mean by that? I, well, I mean <laughs> the fact that we are in uncharted territory as an NHL team in 20 years mm. to go back-to-back in the salary cup era, and we're talking about a team that's three games over 500. Yeah, some guys are struggling, but why are we doing a witch hunt now? You know, two years ago at this time, you hear – talk all the time on this show, people going after Gino and, oh, maybe it's time to break him up. You know what? We have the core. I don't understand as a fan base why we have to freak out right now. Okay, maybe well, you we just don't change anything. Okay, so let's, let's, let's take it from a positive standpoint here. Okay, because clearly the way they're playing, you have to agree with me, isn't good enough. Me, regardless of the time of year, regardless of the position in the standings, regardless of the lack of urgency, uh, meaning that they absolutely positively have to win. So what is it that they can do to get better? What is it that they can do to work their way up toward the beginning of playoffs as they have each of the last two years? Don't forget, that even though they had lulls both of those seasons, they were able to kind of build themselves up. What has to happen? You're saying nothing can be done, nothing can be fixed. No, I'm not saying nothing can be done. I mean, there's the things that can be done within reason, to help those things happen, well, you know, we a lot of line switching has been going on, so maybe going for, forward, 
to start building a little bit more consistent chemistry with guys, you start keeping the lines more consistent. Maybe it is time to give a guy like Sprong, even though the you know they're saying he's not ready. They're not just saying that though, Jason. It's not that's they're not just saying it. He's actually not. I mean, we, we've we've had people watching him for our website. He's not ready. He's not ready to come to the NHL and do more good than harm. Are you talking from a from a two way perspective, or um, just a every forward has to be able to play two ways in a Mike Sullivan system? Plain and simple. Absolutely. Okay, and he. Absolutely. It's not even that he. It's not even that Sprung doesn't care about defense. It's not that he's lazy. He doesn't have a lazy bone in his body. He just blanks out, man. Yeah. And the only way to solve that is to have him play more and to feel that urgency to play both ways. I appreciate the call. Let's go to Carl in Uniontown. You're on 1059 EX. Hey, DK, uh, with, the, with the Pens past couple of years uh, really hitting with the hinds, uh, do you think Talkett leaving has any sort of uh, effect on, on, I guess, their lack of urgency? Well, do you uh, remember what was supposed to be the number one crisis with Talkett leaving? Do you remember? Was it Kessel? Yep. Who's been the Penguins' best player? The hot dog man. That would be correct, sir. That's right. So I would say that the greatest single fear that was in place as far as Rick Tockett was concerned was, A, that Kessel would somehow fall apart, when in fact Kessel's been probably at the very peak of his career in terms of production, consistency, his ability. Our Matt Geitka was observing last night the game against the Avalanche that Kessel is doing more from a stop-and-start standpoint, which anybody who's ever uh, played hockey will tell you is the most tiring thing that you can do on the rink. But he's in the best shape of his life, trademark. And he's doing great things out there. Rick Tockett's not the problem. The coaching isn't the problem. The Penguins just aren't getting it. They're not getting it from a lot of different places right now, a lot of different sources. When we come back, Matt Geitka will be right here in studio. We're going to talk more hockey, and he'll be in here while we take some of your calls as well at 412-333-9939. Filling in for Mark Madden, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, and you are listening to 105.9 The X. This is Phil Kessa of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden, the best hockey talk on 105.9 The X. Penguins are out in Las Vegas preparing to face the Golden Knights tomorrow night. Presumably the matchup will pit Matt Murray against Marc-Andre Fleury, both of them just magically coming back from their injuries at the same time to face each other as only the hockey gods would have. I'm joined here in studio by Matt Geitka from our website. Hi, Matt. Hi. The fan base is angry the fan from what base I'm hearing. Is angry and, and the fan base is scapegoating is what's happening right now. I suppose it's understandable, right? Everyone wants the quick fix, don't they? You know, one magical thing that will turn it. the team it's, around. That's what I say. It's, it's it's send down the spare infielder at the end of the bench, and all of a sudden the Pirates will start hitting the ball. That that's how I, I think of that. Is you just look at the 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 last guy that's there, the guy that's the most convenient to blame because you know for a fact that he's not good, right? <laughs> not good compared to, yeah, the top guys and on then your when team. And then when that guy happens to be a Ryan Reeves and you can throw in the, well, fighting's not a thing anymore, 
then it becomes that much double. But let, let's 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 start with this. Let's start with this. Where is the lack of five-on-five scoring coming from? Because ultimately, we, we can go through all kinds of other different facts. It still comes down to that, doesn't it? It's, it's crazy. Well, that's the bedrock, right? You can rely on a great power play, which the Penguins have. Their penalty kill has really picked it up, too, in recent weeks. Another perfect night last night against Colorado. But the reason why the Penguins have been traditionally good under Mike Sullivan is because you could count on five-on-five scoring up and down the lineup, top three lines at least. Fourth line, it depended on who was their injury status of certain people, whether Matt Cullen was was playing a lot in those situations too. He spoiled the Penguins as well. Yeah, that there aren't a whole yeah. lot of Matt Cullen-type fourth-line centers out there. No, he's unique, and it may be over with. Maybe he's not playing so well in Minnesota right now. I'm not sure what's going on there, but they got... Great production from him. In fact, he was better than Nick Benino last year, if you look at five-on-five yes. five rates and, and and shot attempt rates and all that. I think more over uh, or more than just pointing to the, the bottom of the lineup, pointing to Chris Letang, that's a big deal, too. I'm not going to gloss he over that He hasn't been good. No. And you need five guys to generate offense in today's game. So without him at at least average production for him, then... It's going to cut you down. Offense has been okay for him. I mean, it has, but a lot of it's been on the power play, and uh, he's collected some assists that way. That's true. But if we are talking about five on five, he hasn't really triggered the breakout like we've seen. I think it's a general, still a a malaise on the team. I I see them as not being as fully engaged as some other teams that they play. And Jim Rutherford said it a couple of weeks ago at the Hall of Fame, and I hate to be this simplistic, but maybe it is when you are the Penguins right now. Teams are ready to go against you. You saw the way Toronto came out on Saturday. They bombed them in the first two shifts of that game. Got up 2-0. You just can't ease your way into these games, and it does continue to happen, yeah, and there's no quick fix for that's it. That's actually a just a terrific point that nobody ever considers, I think. Uh, because, because it's the opposing Because it's point. the opponent, right. Yeah. Um, Mike Sullivan was telling me something about a week ago at PPG Paints Arena. He said, every single team brings their A game. And he said that applies in every individual city because they want to impress their fans. Oh, yeah. But as we saw last night, and I think to an extent in the Toronto game, it might apply even more when they come to Pittsburgh and they have a, whoa, this is the arena where all these big games that I was watching on TV (laughs) were on. This This is the team. And if the Avalanche leave Pittsburgh with a two to one win, and they're feeling pretty good about themselves. There's that extra something. It's not just two points. No, you can't just cruise through a game against the Avalanche or pick a random Western Conference team. The Coyotes even coming up. You know, they're going to be ready to go. They're not a very good team, but they'll at least be at the top of uh, of their games respectively, whether it be them or, or Colorado or Las Vegas. They've been uh, playing insanely hard for Gerard Gallant out there. So you know better it's record be than wild. the Penguins <laughs> going into this game. Right I mean, that is the most... Yeah. It, you know, he's talking about Vegas. If you had laid odds on this at the beginning of the season, if they had one of those Super Bowl style bets, yeah, sure, that the Vegas Golden Knights would have a better record than the Penguins at the point where they met. It's 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 beyond belief. Let's talk a little about specifically about uh, this team's third and fourth lines. That seems to be the 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 source of a lot of focus slash consternation. Uh, they've scored a little bit lately. Riley Sheehan has scored a couple of mm-hmm. goals last night, of course, for the other team. Yes. Inadvertently, of course. And 
would let's just say that Jim Rutherford goes and makes this trade for this third line center. And let's say that that basically uses up his remaining cap space, okay? Are they good enough? I think they are. Third and fourth lines just. Yeah, I think they are. If you can find, say, a league average third line center, I think that might be good enough for this team to make one more run at it. And I say that because you see in these games where the Penguins trail, and then all of a sudden the champs show up again. We saw in the third period last oh, night. Yeah. We saw it even late in the first period when they were trailing by three against mm-hmm. Toronto. All of a sudden the pride kicks in. There it is. And they start to simplify. They put pucks in areas where only they can go and get them. They play smarter because they know they have to. And it's a very human nature type of a thing. But if you got a little bit more... From uh, from the third line, generally, even from the third line center position specifically, I think Riley Shane's been okay. He's had a rough last couple of games in his own zone. Yes, and he Sullivan's has. cut his playing time respectively in those two games, or uh, along with that that tail off. He's been benched a bit in that Toronto game. I think uh, was was the best example of that. So, but that's why he's Riley Shane, and that's why he's not say, a, a Matt Cullen, because he has ups and downs in his game. That's just how it goes. Some nights will look good, some nights. He won't, but overall, there is enough there, and there's enough experience there, and these guys aren't that old yet. I know that Malkin and Crosby and Latang are all over 30 now, so we have to watch for that. We have to watch for the drop-off at some point, but I don't think it's there just quite yet. Matt Geitka of DKPittsburghSports.com, Penguins beat writer, is here in studio with me, and we're talking about what's wrong with the Penguins. You want to hear my biggest disappointment so far for the Penguins? It's not at the National Hockey League level. To me, mm-hmm. when you look at the way this season needed to go optimally and still needs to go, you are going to need that infusion like they got a couple of years ago when those kids came up or like last year when Jake Gensel showed up. Let's be honest here. The Penguins don't want to apply pressure in this regard. They need Daniel Sprong to be a two-way NHL player. They need a Zach Aston Reese or someone like that. They need a couple of guys eventually to come up. Think about that now. Put those guys in your lineup and see what happens. With Aston Reese, once I saw him in camp, I knew he'd be more of a project because the quickness wasn't quite there. Right. This might be a build-up season physically for him at the AHL level when the Penguins get after him with their conditioning staff. But as for Sprong, it's time. He was drafted two and a half years ago, so you don't get that much time to develop in the NHL if you're a, a top scorer like that. that and in fairness, you're up in fairness it's, it was unfair that he had to go back to the Quebec League and score goals at will last year. That's just the stupid rule that the NHL Didn't and, help and him the at Canadian all. Hockey yeah. League have set up. So there's that. He's transitioning into pro hockey, and that's where guys will make you pay, even at the AHL level. And believe me, the coaches and the, the general manager, uh, Jim Rutherford and also Bill Guerin, who, who runs the team down there, they're looking and they're picking apart every little bit of his, of his defensive game and his defensive awareness. And I haven't seen a lot, but I've seen enough in certain clips, and thanks to our Taylor Haas on our website for putting some of those together. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like he appears confused in yep. his own zone. And that just can't happen. The, with, with the way the Penguins play, which requires full intensity when they're going well. And puck management, something puck management. Mike Sullivan says. Yeah. Yep. They don't want to be a chance-for-chance chance team. And when Daniel Sprung's on the ice, I have a feeling the Wilkes-Barre Scrantons, are a, uh, Scrantons, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins are a chance-for-chance chance team. I covered the preseason game in Detroit. 
it was the last preseason game that Daniel Sprung played, and they put him on a line with, uh, I don't remember, but a couple of good players, okay? It was the de facto first line, and Sullivan rolled them consistently because he wanted to see what Sprung had. And he would just blank out, man. I mean, it's just like something would happen in his own end where you, you look at him in the offensive zone and you go, whoa, yeah, now, please. And then back at <laughs> the other end or even in the neutral zone, even in gaining the blue line, you would just go, what? It's really tough to be a one-dimensional player in today's hockey. Everyone back checks so hard. Yep. There's no more freebie shifts. We were talking about there's no more freebie games. There's no more freebie shifts either. This isn't like the mid-90s when the Penguins played the Sharks or the the Senators and you're beating up on an expansion team. Those games just don't happen anymore, even if you are playing a literal expansion team in the Vegas Knights, as we'll see on Thursday. So it's got to be there, and there's no easy solution. There's no one else in the system that's anywhere close to his level of finishing ability. I think Dominic Simone's been relatively impressive in his first couple of games. Uh, in this He's such a smart kid. You I know, like yeah, I, I mean, I, I was impressed with him at his very first development camp, both on and off the ice. Okay, he just yeah. seemed like a really bright, well-put-together kid who was going to figure things out, even if he didn't necessarily have all the other worldly tools. And I, you liked him a lot last night. Oh, yeah. When they put him with Crosby to start the third period, he had a little give-and-go play that maybe I've only seen Jake Gensel pull that off yeah. with. And with. You mean with Sid? With Sid, yeah. yeah. And it led to a great-A scoring chance, and there were a couple other moments. In fact, he was right in front of the net. Dumoulin made a fine pass to the doorstep. He just deflected it over the crossbar. So he knows where to go. He's figured things out at the pro level. I think he might have been one of those more one-dimensional offensive guys at first, but uh, the Penguins have called him up, and perhaps he can be a second-tier spark from the minors in terms of uh, like what you were talking about with your Connor Shearer's, your Brian Russ, mm -hmm. your Jake Gensel's. I don't know if he's going to be a Jake Gensel level, but I like what I see so far. You can hang with us for a couple calls? I can. Let's, Let's do, do that it. right after this break. Call us, 412 333 9939. I'm in studio with Dan. <laughs> actually, yeah, I are. actually am me. I'm in studio with Matt Geitka as well. I am Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, filling in for Mark Madden. You're listening to 1059 The X. This is Ian Cole of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 1059 The X. This show has the best lead ins. There was uh, Kessel. Was the was the one before Ian Cole and then Chris Letang, as, as if he was like you know having his ears burn or something. I'm Dan Kovacevic, filling in for Mark Madden here on 105.9 X. Joined in studio by Matt Geitka, our Penguins beat writer at DKPittsburghSports.com, and let's go to Mike. Want to want to hear from Mike? Let's do it. Mike, Mike in the car. Mike in the car. You're on 105.9 The X. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey Mike. Hello. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, go ahead. Yep. Oh, hey, I'm sorry. Hey, guys. First of all, thank you for stopping the, the complaints about Reeves. Like, like that's the problem. I'm pretty that. sure we didn't stop them, Mike, but I get your point. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. But anyway, when talking about the problems, and, and maybe it's just too basic of an answer from me, but what, what I'm watching the games, what I'm noticing is the Pens are just kind of like not getting back to what got them success the last couple years, which is using their speed through the neutral zone, establishing a good forecheck, you know, and getting that sustained pressure in the zone. I mean, just one quick example, like Gino the other night, like he, he gets the speed through the neutral zone and then he tries to make this awkward back pass that sends the other team on a breakout going down the ice. 
Um, I well, don't Mike, that's the that's the constant. I don't mean to cut you off, but that's the constant struggle with this team. Mike Sullivan talks about it all the time. He doesn't want to take their stick out of their hands, to use his terminology, but he also has to try to get through to them that. Playing the way, like you said, the Penguins have played when they're successful. It's hard work. And I think, as I said in the first segment here that I was on with DK, that's the main issue here is just to have that mental commitment. And you always hear from Sullivan as well. It's about a mindset. And it's just an erratic mindset right now because partially we're in December and it's game 33 coming up on Thursday. I guess the thing that gets me, uh, Matt and Mike, is that Sullivan's solution Anytime the Penguins are in any kind of crisis is pedal to the metal and then through the floor. <laughs> Simplify, yeah, yes. Yeah, and I think, Mike, that's what you're getting at, right? When you're talking about speed through the neutral zone, you're talking about urgency. You're talking about just flying. Yeah, that, that is, you know, I don't know if you guys agree, but, I mean, where's the forecheck? Where, where, but that's where, the same thing. You know? Speed through the yeah. neutral zone is your forecheck. Yeah, it's hard to have an effective right. forecheck without having guys speed through the neutral zone and build up some momentum, be able to get on these defensemen at enough time to win those pucks. And I, that's why I've been wondering, kind of in, in the background here, although I've written it a couple of times, just parenthetically, if there's another speed at which the Penguins can be effective, if there's another approach. Mm. Now, that said, you know and I know what Sullivan's reply to that would be. No. No. <laughs> Jeremy, up on 79 North, are you surviving the blizzard Look of, at it out of there. December 2017, Jeremy? I'll tell you what, it's a little bit worse than I thought it would be. Uh, I'm, I'm a little caught off guard, but I, I'm, I'm making it. Thank you. <laughs> One to three inches we're looking at, batting down the hatch. Traffic report brought to you by Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. So, hey, uh, you know, I don't think the People try to scapegoat any one player on this team right now. It's crazy, isn't they, it? They aren't. They aren't seeing it. It's no. everybody. You know, um, look at Sid, for example. Everybody I'm except a, Phil. Leave Phil out. Yeah, Kessel's playing yeah. amazing hockey. By the way, yeah. I wrote this last night. Phil's cool. He's stopping and starting. He's doing everything that the coaches want to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you what. I'm not uh, a Murray basher. I'm not a flurry over Murray guy. I'm a logo on the crest guy. Uh, but. Murray has not been flurry October through December 2016. That is a very uh, that was good point. a big point. difference last yeah, year. I, people for forget about how good flurry was at the start of last season. Really? Yeah. And, and late in the year, too, right? When he came in, he was ready to go as well. And Tristan Jari, maybe he's the biggest spark right now on this team. Uh, as I wrote last night, he was the biggest positive from this past homestand because I think the Penguins can look at him as at least at least yeah. a reliable backup now. Yeah, that's that takes something else off of Jim Rutherford's plate, frees up some salary cap room so that when he does get to the point where he can make acquisitions, uh, including the third-line center, he can do so with as much cap flexibility as possible. Anything else, sir? I think we've lost. Oh, we're taking a break now? Nope, got to go. Nope. We have to take a 30 second break. We're going to do that. Matt, thanks for stopping. Absolutely. Drive safely. I will try my best. It's getting really, really wintry out there. When we come back, we're going to take more of your hockey calls at 412 333 9939, or we can talk about whatever you want. I mean, it really, you know, you call, you just kind of say what you want to talk about. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DKPittsburghSports.com, filling in for Mark Madden right here on your home of the Penguins, 1059 The X.